0: We're all saying work-life balance why do we have to balance work life shouldn't work be life too it's almost like work is a it's not life it's a different thing so we have to balance work with life but those eight hours you spend or whatever you're doing isn't it part of life too it's life life balance you're trying to balance it out and to me that's what it means to me so when I see a person who is spending all their days working at something that it's just, it's just not conducive to creating a better person, a better me, a better self, to me that tells me there's an unbalance there.
1: How's it going, guys? Welcome to another episode of Secrets of Silent Success. Today, we have again the one and only Val of Val's Cheesecakes. How are you doing this morning? I am
0: doing good, sir. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
1: Awesome, awesome. So, he's our first repeat guest. So, I'm really, really grateful to have you this morning. So, we'll jump right into it, that's okay? Yes, yes, let's All do right. it. All right, so let's jump into it. Brand new building here, got a lot of things going on, right? Yes. So, 2023, beginning of the year, let me ask you, what are you grateful for today?
0: I am grateful to have my health. That is the, the most important thing because I really believe if you got like your health, it's 99% of everything. And that 1% is the HR issues, are the people, are the business, the revenues, the, the, the trips, the things you need to do. So my
1: health is the most important thing for sure that I'm grateful for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The health. All right. So doing this for about 10 years now, right? You've had a lot of establishments open and some, hey, you might have to close. Right. Uh, In particular, let's talk about the maple location right tell me a little bit about what transpired in those decisions to make that ultimate decision to close it down obviously your mother's health had some impact there so just tell me a little bit about that story
0: so the maple location there are reasons that i cannot disclose between the landlord and i and it's just a disagreement and the lease was not extended so eventually we had to close there was there was no there was no choice there was nothing that we could do so we had to close it so i learned of the closure six months before the closing so nobody knew about it nobody was dealing with it but i was dealing with knowing that it's eventually closing and then the last day of the closure is actually my birthday november 21st 2021 so it's closing on my birthday so what type of gift is that i don't know what type of gift that is but uh we had to close that and to me i think it was just getting from 2015 all the way to 2021 that's six years i i, I immerse myself into this business and i kind of try to breathe life into my mother's spirit and everything and just putting everything into that location so it's a very sentimental It's the first location after being at the church for two and a half years at St. Paul. And so to me, that was just like critical that I get my business going and that location serve its purpose. And mind you, it's a very profitable location. Okay. (laughs) Do not get fooled by 250 square foot. It's a small little shack that cheese. that little shack sold some cheesecake that rivals all the other locations. So it's a, it's, it's a revenue decision. It's a mother decision. It's like, this is me. This is Val's cheesecakes in a shack, and it's closing, and it's closing on my birthday. So that was heavy, and that just took, I think that kind of like started the depression that I got into, like, this is, I have to let go of the shack, so I have to let go of my mom. I have to let go of this. I have to deal with the decision of taking her off of life support. You know, so there's a lot going on in in that closure, for sure.
1: Got you, got you. On a, you know, a more happier note, right? You talked a lot about your mother. I know Valentine's Day, that's your day, right? So tell me a little bit about the significance for you and your mother with Valentine's Day. And also, go ahead and promote the 12 cheesecake recipes (laughs) that we got coming out soon.
0: So uh, so Valentine's Day is, people think that Mother's Day is the heaviest day for me. It's not. It's, it's not Mother's Day, so it's actually Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. My mom gave me a, a card every Valentine's Day. I don't know how this woman who was battling breast cancer found her way to go to Walgreens or Kroger, get a card and then write in it. And I don't know how she did that. But every time I got up from work, every time I got up from work early, cause I had to take my mom out. Cause if I had my own date, <laughs> right? I had to take my mom out first. So I would take my mom all, uh, out and we would eat something nice, and nice brunch, late brunch. And then she would give me a card. So it's a very sentimental holiday for me. You know, I love my mom. We did things on Valentine's Day. We baked cheesecake desserts. It was just an all out. Like sometimes I even took off Valentine's Day just to spend it with my mom. So it's a very emotional day. And it's just, to me, it's just love is not just between your boo and your bae and, and in yourself. It's between your sister, your mom, your dad, your cousin. You can say that to anybody you want. So to me, Valentine's Day, is special. And this year, Valentine's Day is r- extremely special. Mind you, it's a Tuesday, we normally close them on a Tuesday, yeah. but we're going to open we're, we're going to make sure we open on Tuesday yeah. for sure. Alright, so Valentine's Day is special and then we're dropping the book on Valentine's Day. So there's a 12 Sunday book. It's called 12 Sundays. And it's Cheesecake Recipes for Life. And you have 12 recipes in there, but also 12 stories, 12 little stories, paragraphs, like kind of one pager of something that happened on a Sunday and matching that recipe with it. So it's, it's not just a recipe
1: it's a story about yeah
0: you it. guys are gonna learn a lot y'all didn't know about my family my mom everything like it even goes into my mother's complexion like the chocolate cheesecake there's a significance i don't know if you all seen all this chocolate around yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's it's matching exactly my mother's complexion and we talk about um, being a dark-skinned woman in the book and how it 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 influenced her throughout her life and how she saw herself and so it gets emotional, it's funny, it's it's sad sometimes, but it's recipes matching a story. And you can have that on your nice coffee table to look at.
1: Yeah, yeah. Before we switch gears, where are we gonna be able to find this 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 recipe book? How do you even get your so, hands? So on
0: it? so it is dropping. In me, okay. Listen, I'm no spring chicken, so it's dropping in like I don't know these new age. Y'all possibly know. So <laughs> there's, there's there's the audio version. There's the the digital version. And then, version of that. and then there's the Barnes and Noble. You can, can order it from Barnes and Noble, yeah. and then I'll have some extra copies myself at the store and so we'll have some at this location that you can buy from this location so you have a couple of options but i'm not too keen on the the digital because i've never this is the first time i'm actually because i'm an old-fashioned dude i like a book in my hand to flip pages so uh we're gonna see how that works at the digital i don't know about that
1: too gosh, you. So switching gears a little bit, you talked about letting go of the chat location. It was, you know, almost symbolic of letting your mother go, all the decisions. And you found yourself in the de- depressing state, right? A functional depression state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have been very vulnerable, very transparent, very honest on social media and with your followers about the things that you were going through. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you got to that to that mental place, right? And things that you're doing currently to still work through it, overcome it, and learn from it.
0: So I got COVID summer of 2021. I knew the shack was closing. That was those six months. So I had that to start with, and then I got COVID for a whole month, you know, and that was, I, it took me through the ringer. I went to the hospital. My fever went all the way up to one Oh five. I was delirious. Y'all, y'all didn't know that, but it, um, it, it, it went through for a whole month of COVID. And then after that, after COVID, I had to close daily, right? Close the shop. The ideal of closing the shop was in my mind daily for two and a half months. Well, for three, September, October, and November. Of 2021. So to me, those three months kind of it's just it just slowly like I went down and down and down. And then I had to deal with, I'm closing the shot. This is my mother's memory, but I, I don't think I ever dealt with the actual guilt of taking her off of life support. You know, it's just something my mom didn't leave any directive, you know, any, like, if I happen to be on life support, this is what you do. And no matter what the doctor said, the doctor said, Val, this is no life for a human being, you know, like she, she was, if we continued, she had to had a hole, uh, a hole in her throat. And then she was going to be on breathing machine all the time. And then she was possibly, she was in a coma for days. And this was not the life that I wanted for my mom, but all the time, I kept on thinking, maybe if I wait one more day, maybe if I sit, wait two more days, maybe let's give it until Friday and see if she comes back. And she was just not coming back. And then after 15 days, they told me, Val, what are you going to do? This is this is a decision that you have to make. So I had to make that decision. And we took, off, took her off of life support. And then we just like, like I was in the room when she took her last breath, so it's heavy. Y'all, I'm gonna get emotional. <laughs> so um, so it gets emotional there for me. I'm sorry. Um, but um, so I was in the room for uh, the last few minutes. And then um, after that, it's just like silent, you know? And um, I, I remember specifically she, she, the, for some reason the eyes were open when she took her last breath so i saw that so there's always been that guilt for me if did i wait long enough did i did, did i do the right decision and no matter what scientifically they tell you you still have that guilt so lesson learned from anybody watching this if you love someone Leave them with some directives. Live, leave them with an idea, or a thought, a text, an email that says, this is what I want for the end of my life. So because that person has to deal with for the rest of their life, if they don't have that directive, what to do. So that's exactly what what I had to deal with is this guilt. And that took me into a deep depression. And I just I just couldn't see myself coming out you know, and that went into Val cheesecakes. What is the value of Val cheesecake? What is Val cheesecakes adding to people's lives here? What are we doing? Are we just selling cheesecakes? Is that where we want to go and stuff like that? So I started to question my own, my own, my own path, my own worth, and so on. And it just spirals down. And and mind you, during those couple of months, I still had to maintain Val cheesecake. I still. Had to maintain a front that that everything is okay, that I'm selling cheesecakes, that everything is hunky dory, but it's not. And so for for a whole possibly a year, it got worse and worse and worse, and then it got to the point where it just I'm like, do I even need to be on this planet? You know, like can I, like how can I? It started to think about okay, well, okay, do I have insurance, commercial insurance? And I started to Kind of like make it make make it make sense, you know, and and that's some place where I just don't want anybody to go to of, of starting to plan the minute you're starting to plan, you're in that's you're in a bad state. So I decided to get help. I said, okay, this is not this is I don't think I can get out of this by myself. So let me get some help. I work with three um, clinical people, psychiatrists, psychologists, people to help me out, figure things out. And then, but the most important thing is that I learned through getting help is the reaching out to people. So I started to reach out to people and telling them, and honestly, being honest. Just telling them, I am depressed. I have thoughts of suicide and stuff like that this is what I'm going through. And just reaching out to people started to help me out. And of course, they put me on medication and stuff like that. So to me, that's what helped me out. Reaching out to people and telling people honestly, and then coming out through Val Cakes about the depression helped a lot. Just talking about it.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Um, there is a quote that Charlemagne the God said. He's the Breakfast Club host. And he talks about who does the go-to person go to? right? As the leader, you're the leader in Val's Cheesecake, here's your business. You're the leader with your family. You're making those tough decisions with your mother, right? You've probably lost somebody who you've confided in your entire life. Uh, I know for me back in 2019, I sought out, um, an actual clinical therapist, right? I I didn't feel comfortable with going to a friend, going to a family. I felt more comfortable going to someone who's paid, trained and educated on how to help me mentally, right? And I believe you did something very similar. I would ask you to go a little bit deeper on the steps that you took to make that call. Because some people never make that call or even have the awareness that, hey, I need help to go to that therapist, to go to that psychiatrist. What did that look like on a granular level for you?
0: Well, I think it granular level started really with people. There's a person, there's a follower, you know, and 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 the person could see through the social media, you know, and that's a powerful moment for me when a person who I don't think is even close to me at all, but follows me religiously is a customer and they DM me said, you know something? I noticed you dance on this date at the exact date on when I last danced. And then I haven't seen a lot of dancing and you're kind of quiet. I see the mood, I see the cheesecakes, but something's up with you. Are you okay? I'm like, hmm. I didn't think this person would even see that because I think I'm putting a good front that everything is okay. But she, but she reached out and said, is there something wrong? Wow. And, and that's when I went in, I said, Yeah, there is something wrong. I am depressed. And to me, just a person completely removed from being my family or close ones um, or people I work with, just seeing that like there there is there is a problem. This is not just a problem that I'm dealing with. I think it's reflecting as well in ways that I'm not not like noticing myself. And she reached out and to me, I said, okay, I need to get help. So I went and got helped clinically and then i also reached out to two of my best friends so i have two best friends and so i reached out to them and i just went you know i think people tell people things they want to tell them you don't tell them every single thing but even your best friend there are things you don't tell your best friend sometimes and me that's exactly what i did i said okay this is what happened the shack is closing okay and then also before that summer we had clothes it, the AT&T food hall. Yes, okay. We're inside of the food hall. And then this big debacle happened. It was in the newspaper about me and dessert from another vendor being put in my stall. And so there was this big thing. So that's that's one more, uh, how do you say that? One more- Like layer almost yeah. on it, yeah. So into the depression. So that is one of them for sure. So to me, the clinical step of identifying what are the signs of depression, was helped by people who don't even know you and people who even see through you. Because social media, yes, they see things, but they also see things, okay? Yeah. yeah. All right, so that to me was the biggest help that I
1: got. Wow, wow, that's powerful. Don't remember exactly the author of the book, but they talked about the difference in life a lot of times, this one empathetic person right? Wasn't a friend, wasn't a colleague, wasn't a family member, but she, or, or or he, whoever it may have been showed empathy and reached out to you. My question then for you would be, hey, you weren't dancing. You weren't necessarily being yourself. Someone, you know, saw, okay, hey, something's off. They reached out. However, it was still incumbent on you to reply and take action. What, what were you thinking when you got that DM that was like, I'm gonna reply. Cause a lot of times, for us males for us yeah. males of colors for yeah. us that's in leadership educated engineer i got this i got this right <laughs> so what 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 made you say let me reply and be vulnerable be honest with myself to 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 to, to you know reply back to the individual i didn't
0: mean, i i did not think my depression could be seen my, like i didn't know it was depression and i didn't know what type of depression it was so i didn't think it could be seen I just, I just did not think, I think I'm doing a good job as a social, uh, on social media, I'm dancing, I am making sure my hours, my employees are paid, I'm making sure that everything is going right. But I didn't think nobody saw that. I didn't think people could peek through some of the issues and um, and I had issues with emotional eating too. Wow. You know, like when I get off from the shack, no, from, from the shop on Greenville, I'm like, You know, I'm just frustrated if something happened and I'm depressed. I'm like, let me let me go to (laughs) Whataburger, you know, like like things that I just normally don't do. And I just didn't think that people could see that and then not sleeping right, not eating right. You know, and I think people saw that and she specifically saw that and to me, I got called out. Okay, I got called out, or
1: called. I like to use called word. in. Get Ca- yeah, called up. You called, got called up. Okay. You got called <laughs> in. But same difference. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, 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 yeah. so to me, just the fact that a person could see through yeah. to the t- truth, yeah. to me, just spike. Okay, I really need to get this into. If she can see it, mm-hmm. other people can see it, and this is a real problem. And and for me. I can't continue like this it's either i need to make a decision i need to find ways to deal with my depression or it's gonna i'm gonna go off a cliff literally
1: so that's where we are so in talking about dealing and coping with the depression uh you said something interesting in there. you start talking about your habits right going to water burger not sleeping one of the things that i've learned in my own bouts with depression or anxiety is that it, when times are flowing well, I have all these things that I do that are preventative. I meditate, I work out, drink water, you sleep well. As soon as you hit some turmoil a lot of times, the things that you have done for preventative maintenance to help you stay stable, it goes out the window immediately, right? Tell me, did you experience some of those things? You're talking about the the eating that you were doing, the water burger? Tell me a little bit about your habits during that time and how you may have, you know, picked up new things or, or, or reached back to old things to help you to get to a better place with your habits specifically.
0: So some of my habits, I'm a person who works out, you know, yep. I'm a cheesecake baker who works out. I know <laughs> the social, the, they're <laughs> the right? right? <laughs> like a baker is not supposed to work out, but I do work out. I swim a lot. So, uh, I'm a big swimmer and so that helps me a lot. And when I noticed the depression was coming in and settling in, I didn't go swimming. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me. Swimming is like, it's just you in the water and there's nobody else. Mm-hmm. And I'm a I, runner,
1: I guess you're, you're a runner. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so it's just to me, I didn't do that. And the eating habit started to get out of control. Like meaning it would be like, you could, I could, I could not eat for a whole day and then just go in when i get home after work it's like okay whatever a bag of chips a pizza just the whole like hold on just eating out of control and then so that was one of them just eating out of control not swimming and then also not calling people not wanting mm-hmm. to do things not friends inviting you somewhere people saying hey what, what you're doing and then always making up an excuse well i got the store i got well this person didn't show up this didn't do that and it's just, those are the things that I started to, to do. Not swimming, eating, like it was just, sometimes start just out of control. It's all over the, the, the place. And then also just not really wanting to talk to people, be around people, just the shop. The minute the light switch goes out at Val's cheesecakes, it's like, I don't want to do anything. And that to me, I think started to impact how I came up the next day eventually. So every day, you know, my mood started to get to a, to a point where even a staff member told me, hey, Val, it seemed like, I don't know if you're here or not. I know you're in the building, you're, you're making cheesecake batter, but like you are completely zoned out. And like, I just, I, just, I think it started to creep up that people are noticing it and that I, I think I have it under control. And to me, I'm a control, like... <laughs> <laughs> the engineer side okay. of showing, huh? <laughs> I like to keep things under control at all times. And it, and, and, and it seems like things were just being lost. I was losing control and people could just... The smallest things to me, the details, when people notice the small details, to me, it's a bit of truth that opens up to a bigger issue. And that's where I start, okay, people are noticing this. I have a problem. I need to fix it. And things are getting out of control, my eating habits, and then just just, just feeling sluggish, not being able to do things physically, my back hurting all the time. You know, why is that? I'm not stretching. I'm not swimming. I'm not exercising my core, core muscle and stuff like that. So those are the signs
1: for me. Got you. So on the the better side of those habits, did you start back swimming? Did you start back working out? If you did, did you see a difference? How did you get back in that pool the first time after going? I know for me personally, I didn't work out for like eight weeks, right? Had back problems, right? And you work out that first day, you're like, ah, this is this is what I need, right? So what was that experience like for you? So,
0: so my biggest breakthrough happened when I actually told a person, um, that I love dearly. Hey, this is what's been going on. This is like all these not swimming, all these eating habits and stuff like that that are going out of control. Me not showing up for several events.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I told that person that, that like, wow, I just didn't know that because you, it doesn't show sometimes, doesn't? I don't even know that. So w- once I got help, once I got. I was able to talk to people, to psychiatrists, psychologists, and pe- counselors. When I told them that, I was put on medication, <laughs> okay? There's nothing wrong with medication, okay? So I got put on medication and they diagnosed my depression. And then they told me, you need to stay on your medication and not get off of it. Because a lot of times people go see a person and then they think, well, I, I feel relieved. so. I really don't need the medication, I can keep going. So I got on medication and then I started to admit that to more people. I started to tell them, yeah, I am depressed. And the minute I I started to do that, I went into the pool. And I got my first swimming uh, in, and I listened to Mel Robbins a lot. Oh I don't yeah, know if yeah. You know, Five no? second rule, <laughs> I know about. Yeah, yeah. I know Miss right. Mel Robbins. So, <laughs> so a lot of things, a lot of things she says works. Um, but I think one of the most powerful moment was when she told, when she said, you know that if they wanted to, they would, and not everybody has the same goals or the same. You can't keep getting upset because. People are not doing what you want them to do. There were a lot of frustration from the business itself, from COVID, from stuff. And you can't just keep getting frustrated because you want a person to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. All right. So, and then also she mentioned, no reply is a reply, is an answer. So those three things, and I think I have a post on my social media that has those three quotes from her. And so to me, I started to let go of a lot of things and kind of like, you know something like this person who started to work on Monday quits on Wednesday to go to Wyoming. This is this is real stuff. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep that going. I don't I don't have the time to keep that going inside and be frustrated about that. So to me, the swimming once I got into that zone medicated and doing a little bit more of reaching out and telling the truth, I cannot tell you how much that helps to have people just listen. Sometimes I don't even need a person to say, I understand. Just just listen, just listen. this is it. So yeah. that to me helped a lot.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful that she talked about telling the truth, being honest, and you've seen the transition on the social media. You're back dancing, but you're telling people, hey, this is what happened, this is why I'm dancing. I love your new hashtag, life-life balance, yes. right? So tell me about life-life balance and also about being honest and transparent via social media, right? matching the internal with the external, because a lot of times it is a disconnect for a lot of us, right? But yeah. I feel like with you, it's matching, right? So just tell me about that.
0: So I think Trevor Noah was leaving uh, his the show, show. Uh-huh. yeah, and then he had an interview, and I don't know which interview it was, but he mentioned how we're we're, we're all saying work-life balance. Why do we have to balance work-life? shouldn't work be life too? It's almost like work is a, it's not life. It's a different thing. So we have to balance work with life. But those eight hours you spend or whatever you're doing, isn't it part of life too? It's life-life balance. You're trying to balance it out. And to me, that's what it means to me. So when I see a person who is spending all their days working at something that, it's just, it's just not conducive to creating a better person, a better me, a better self. To me, that tells me there's an unbalance there. And that unbalance has gotten me into a situation where last year, I think, because I wasn't, um, because there's uh, issues with staffing, right? Sure. We can't have a stable staffing. That means we can't have stable production at Val Cheesecake. That means we can't have stable revenues at Val Cheesecake. So I decided, all right, let me dust off my engineering degree, <laughs> let me dust off my license and get back into engineering last year. So I worked for about eight months at the city of Denton. And uh, for eight months, mind you, I I love what I was doing there, but there were issues about, what about my business? What about what I have, I have a business, I have people that are depending on having a cheesecake there on their table. And I just, I just couldn't, I just fought with myself all the time and Val's cheesecake was not letting me go. It was not gonna happen. So for eight months, it was a struggle for eight months. And that depression was in there too. So there's depression, there's pivoting. You're trying to pivot and support your business by taking you off the payroll. Cause I'm thinking, well, let me take myself off a of payroll that will help with revenue, which is produced by the instability that, that the, the stability issues we have with getting people into the door to actually bake the cheesecakes. So that's a lot. And I think I tried to last year, the work-life balance wasn't working. And when Trevor Noah said that, I'm like, it's amazing how one little line, I'm like, huh, <laughs> life, life, balance. What like I've been living for over 40 years. I'm like, life, life balance. How did that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's where we
1: are. So got gotcha. It's interesting. You talked about, you know, taking that initiative, taking that step to dust off the engineering degree, go back in it for those eight months, right? Um, there's a book. Discipline is the Way by Ryan Holiday. He's a, a stoic, he's a Texan, so I like to read him. Uh, he talks about, as entrepreneurs, as business people, as leaders, we talk about the attacking, the initiative, the starting, but a lot of times the retreating is just as important or even more important. And so you went, you did what you had to do and didn't, but then you were like, let me retreat, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> right? Let me come back to vows. What has that Retreat been like for you, right? And then um, a lot of time you got to take two steps back to go a whole lot of steps forward, right? So just tell me about how that process has been since you've came back from engineering. You're back at Valves, How has that been like for you?
0: Um, when I tell you, I feel relieved that I left the city of Denton, and no, 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 no bad vibe on the city of Denton. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's a beautiful city, and I've worked for them for eight months, and I've enjoyed the people I work with. But I left there November 18th was my last day, and I left with no grudges. There was no issues. Sure. It's just a decision that I made that it was a fit issue. I was in fitting, too. You know, there were some uh, fit issues. But I left there on November 18th, and I gave my notice three weeks before November 18th, and really I felt relieved three weeks before my last day. Sure. And so it worked out that November eighteenth was my last day, and then we went into thanks, Thanksgiving, which is the Your birthday is around time around there too. In November. <laughs> yeah. So that was the biggest gift I gave myself this year was yeah. to actually be honest with 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 myself and realize that I don't have to do something that is not part of my life balance, life life balance. So I left, and since then. I've been able to talk about my depression, and you possibly have seen that the social media that I'm putting out there, there's less cheesecake. Mm -hmm. It's more about the community relationship and how we relate to each other. So I wanna talk about more than just cheesecake. And this place here is more about cheesecake. And uh, so that's where we are and it's been the biggest relief and the biggest release for me is to realize that I don't have to do something that's not balancing my life, and that's it. And it's been it's been great. And just the honesty with people, and and people just just I didn't realize when I started to talk about it the amount of business owners in this town who were silently going through the motions, who were silently going through issues and the social media, they're putting something out there. And I'm like, huh, not you. Yeah. The social media is no point. Like, it's, it's, how can you be like, how can you be like this? I'm like, I didn't realize that we, we are connecting more than I expected. And people have reached out and you'd be shocked to know who in this town is, have some issues. So uh, to me, it's been, it's been the most, this is the most honest I've been with myself. I am aware coming out about the depression i've been aware of my flaws my yeah. qualities and self-awareness has been the biggest gift for me
1: yeah so yeah well let me just say thank you right <laughs> so when you reached out to us via instagram like hey Jonathan call Val and then we we heard about what you were dealing with and it made me reflect all right so since November of last year my um, grandmother went from one day healthy to, to not healthy, right? And I'm the grandchild, but she's like my, like my second mom. I'm power of attorney, the will, the house, everything's in my name. So dealing with all of that, coming into uh, being in business eight years, you talk about staffing, you talk about revenue, you're like eight years, and I don't even know if I wanna do this anymore. Right? I've gotten to a point to where I'm thinking about transitioning. I'm talking to uh, my friend, the producer over there, and the car is like, what, what are you What are you talking about? Like, what, what are you talking about? Right? But as you said, when you start being honest, you are honest, right? It makes other people want to be honest. It makes me want to be honest, right? So one thing I want to talk about is sustaining, right? You're going on 10 years, right? From the church, to AT&T, to the shack, to Greenville now. We're here right outside of downtown. What's been some of your keys to sustaining? How are you sustaining? Because 10 years, you're still talking about staffing, uh, ingredients, and revenue. And, and if you stay another 10 years, God willing, you will be talking about staffing, ingredients, and revenue, yeah. right? So what's been your key to sustaining?
0: To sustaining, um, I think we've, I started baking at St. Paul United Methodist Church. And I opened the shack and then I opened the shop on Greenville. We opened Fort Worth and then we opened at and food hall. And now we're about to open this place. Um, over the year, it has progressed from just, I, w- I want to sell cheesecakes. I want to tell my mother's story. I want to have a physical location I want to have a bigger physical location because of catering i want to have a i want to reach out to the market in fort worth but i also want to reach out to almost the international market at at and food hall because you have a at and food hall dallas right right there so it's always been okay how can i touch more people with the stories right i think it's important that you always have a story and even now we're sitting in this new location, there's a whole new story about this place. So Greenville is about my mom. All the locations in the that we've had are about my mom and this place. Right here is finally about Val. It's not just about my mom. We will have some cheesecakes, which which we will have for sure. But as you can see, there's a lobby here and there's a kitchen. And if I had access to this kitchen, 10 years ago, I think I would have done things differently. And after COVID, this food service industry is different. You can't keep going on the same vibe, the same stories, the same way of doing business, the same financial models. You can't keep going there, you know? So we've decided to open a commercial kitchen, a commissary kitchen, which businesses can use and sell their product improve their concept. Just like I needed to prove my concept 10 years ago. I didn't have that. I didn't have a place where I could just come and sell my stuff, but bake my stuff as well, bake my cheesecakes. So to answer your question, sustaining to me means you need to progress with the reality of what's going on in the background and see how you can improve your business as Things are changing, so to me, pivoting and sustaining and reinventing yourself is going together.
1: Gosh, gosh, I love that. Yeah, what sustaining is change. Yes, you change to sustain. Right? Yes, maybe that's another hashtag. Okay, okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <we're> <laughs> I I need to put that on my Twitter you go. There you go. So this is called The Secrets of Silent Success. So I'm going to ask Val and Val's Cheesecake, got the beautiful new commercial kitchen here. What is your secret to success?
0: I think the biggest secret to success is realizing that you don't need to live your life for anybody else but you. You really do. The depression got me into a space where I didn't think I could um, get out. And I didn't, I, I I, really, it was It was dark. So to me, I see realizing who I am, all my flaws, my qualities and, and things I don't dwell. Do to me, I think realizing once you get to self-awareness and knowing that you have a story to tell, to me, that's, that's that's bigger than just having the best cheesecake in town the best location in town self-awareness getting to that point where you know who you are to me that that is to me that has given me a whole new meaning of success realizing of who you really truly are when you get to that point you're like oh, this is the person I am <laughs> I'm like wow okay yeah. I didn't know all that so to me that is, I think a few months ago we had, or a year ago, we had an interview mm-hmm. and and that has changed now that I know that who I am now and and it, it, it's reflecting, it's permeating through everything we do. And even this place, the art, yeah. the commercial kitchen, it's coming through of who I really am at this place. And to me, that is more success, yeah. getting successful every day to, to be the real you that you mm-hmm. ought to be.
1: Wow, wow, that's powerful uh, self-awareness. I feel like we're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. I'm currently reading a book, my second book of 2023. It's called Leadership and Self-Deception. Oh my God, uh, listen, I can keep up with you. Right? <laughs> with your book. Yeah, so they're talking about how, we, how we're lying to ourselves. Right, the way that we're leading others, the way that we're leading ourselves, the stories that we tell in ourselves. So you look at it from the glass half full. You're talking about self-awareness, right? That book is talking about it from a glass half empty, the self-deception. So like I said we're on the same wave. Oh my God, we it.
0: we need to open a business together, <laughs> you and me.
1: <laughs> I love it. So last thing here, right? We got a whole lot of awesome stuff happening with Vows. We got the the new kitchen. We got some rebranding. We're talking about more going green. After some of your experiences with Den and engineering, we're talking about some tends to uh, deals with Cadillac. Tell me, right, everything that you got going on. Let's talk about it. Let's get excited, right? Let's get okay. on a good right.
0: note. All right, so I guess um, the first thing is that we are going to change our hours. Okay. So our hours are at Greenville and it's going to change for sure. And we're really narrowing on where are the sweet spots for us, literally the Pun sweet intended. spots for us. Yeah, all right. So we we used to work seven days a week we went to six six days a week went to five days a week and we're potentially going to four day operation with an emphasis on catering on those outside hours all right so we're going to focus on that we have a book dropping on february 14th which is 12 sundays cheesecake recipes for life we are also going green we're getting rid of every single uh used plastics in the building. I work for the city of Denton in the city of Arlington and I work on landfill projects and water quality projects. I know exactly where foam, where single use plastics end up. I've seen them. I know exactly. So when I went to the landfill of these cities, my business was contributing to all these plastics sure, sure. being out there. So we're going green here. We're also opening this place, which is a commercial kitchen, plus a lobby to to, to prove your concept, we are changing also how we pay our team members. So, our team members are going down to four days of, of work because there's the whole four, four day work week movement that is going on now. And so, they're going down to four day work week, but getting paid for five days. Wow. That's an extra benefit to them. All right. And then we got. We got a lot going on not just with um, the locations but also the menu is changing to fit exactly what people want so there's a lot of energy in self-awareness but also i want to connect what's going on behind the scene back here and with these customers (laughs) that are coming through the door i think there's a big gap in this town specifically and Restaurant owners, business owners are not talking enough for the customer base to understand what is going on. We don't want to be slow. Yeah. We we don't have enough servers. We we don't want to raise the prices. Is that this is not something we want to yeah, do? It's a conundrum
1: be, you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. We don't <laughs> want you to
0: come into the store and then you're not being served at a speed that is doable, that is that is nice. So these are all complaints that I hear. Oh, this is too slow. They don't have enough share. The menu changes constantly. This is not something we want as business owners. And I don't think the food service industry has done a good job of putting out, okay, this is what the issues are, okay? And we need to change the way we do business. So all these changes with staffing, menus, and days of operation is to let people know, aware of what's going on, how we need to change to be able to bring you that product. So there's a lot going on, specifically with awareness for sure got gotcha, you. Gotcha. before
1: we end did you want to talk about the cadillac thing yes okay. the cadillac so
0: cadillac have a, they have a new car they have a new truck coming out and we've been chosen as one of the um business owners in texas wow, with, congrats. we're <laughs> working with texas monthly so cadillac is working with texas monthly yep. and on february right before valentine's day I'm gonna be driving this new car to a local market to a local place here, so I can't talk much about it. It is, it is is a a big thing for Cadillac, but we're able to be chosen for that, and that's a blessing. We've had a lot of blessings, and I can tell you, you know, with the Magnolia Network, with you, Ryan, coming in here and talking and telling our story, and Cadillac and Texas Monthly Magazine to be able to choose us and be able to be one of the first business owners driving this new car. <laughs> so I think that's a big thing. So be on be on the lookout for that, for sure.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll leave it there. Yes. I, say, I, I appreciate your time. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> Next year, part thank three, you. we got it. Yeah, part three. And y'all, <laughs>
0: this dude is
1: phenomenal. He does a
0: great job. You. He knows what he's doing. And he's
1: well-read, too, y'all. It's not, it's not me, it's the people behind the camera, right? I just come up here and convey the information that they did. So yes, there's a I person can't behind the, the camera we're not talking about too, okay? <laughs> right. okay? Yeah.
0: Thank y'all for coming here today.
1: I really appreciate it. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Awesome.